The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, on the phone. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And in today's show, we have Dr. Gerald Nadler, who's my uncle. And I'm very excited to uh, pick his brain about some of the work that he's been doing for a long, long time at USC and with his Breakthrough Thinking uh, Center. And let me tell you a little bit about uh, Dr. Gerald Nadler. He is the IBM Chair Emeritus in Engineering Management and Professor uh, Emeritus of Industrial and Systems Engineering at USC, where he is the chairman of the ISE department, and he has been from uh, 1983 to 1993. He also directed USC's Center of Management of Engineering Research and Innovation in Technology. He consults and he presents seminars and workshops in all parts of the world, and he is the president of the Center of Breakthrough Thinking, which is going to be our focus for today. It's an international firm of consulting affiliates, promoting breakthrough thinking and smart questions, planning and solution creation uh, approaches. He has written over 225 published articles and 15 books, several of which are translated into eight other languages. He has delivered over 800 invited lectures at many universities, companies, and national and international uh, conferences and has been an invited visiting professor at five universities worldwide. So we're going to get into bringing uh, Jerry on in, in a few moments. But as you know, Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide an evidence-based best practice to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And Kathy, welcome to the call. Thank you. We are um, so happy today to not only have someone who is a thought leader uh, in our industry, but uh, someone who I think you know and love mm-hmm. on the program with us today. So, Jerry, thanks for being with us. Um, we know, as you do, that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. But most leaders can underestimate just really how much influence they have over others. And, well, as a result, their teams and they themselves can underperform. But doing just a few things differently can really improve your performance and your organizations. Relly and I try to teach just a few things in each show that will help you do one of the following. How to develop more leaders in your organization. What happy companies know about performance. Of course, Rally's favorite, how emotional intelligence and mind positive psychology strategies really help develop you as a leader. We talk about brain, neuroscience, generation, and gender differences that make your life better. And we help you maintain strategies for both managing you and your boss, plus many more tools and mm-hmm. tips. Rally, why don't you talk a little bit about the evidence-based learning sure. you to share? And the reason we talk so much, Kathy and I, around leaders in, uh, in leadership development news is we know that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of the team and that emotions are contagious. So we like to say that leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. And we also talk about how do you get leaders into the top 10%. 
And one of the key factors for getting someone into the top 10% as a performer is emotional intelligence when compared to how smart someone is and their technical expertise. And why the top 10%? Why do you want to get someone in top 10% in your organization? Well, some of the research shows that they produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. Both Kathy and I are certified coaches, and when you have training alone in your organization, a lot of the research shows there's about a 22% increase. But if you can add coaching, ongoing coaching in the organization, the person's productivity can be enhanced about 88%. And you can increase performance uh, by as much as 77% while increasing life and professional satisfaction by as much as 50% with coaching. Some of the other research shows that. And if you can bring coaching networks inside your company, many times that happens in just a day, and studies show that happiness, one of Kathy's favorite topics, is tied to profit by more than 93%. And hopefully on this show, when we talk to Dr. Gerald Nadler and our other shows, if you can come up with just one or two things different, we like to talk about these as micro-initiatives, they can create a macro-impact. If you're interested in more information from Dr. Kathy Greenberg, she can be reached at www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. And if you want more information about me, Dr. Rowley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. So now let me say a little bit more about Dr. Gerald Nadler, my uncle that I've known for my whole life here, and I mentioned some things in the beginning. But so we did say he has uh, written over 225 published articles, 15 books. And some of those books go way back, the planning and design approach. Then he has the breakthrough thinking, the seven principles of creative problem solving. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about the new edition of that. That book itself uh, was a, a fast-track best business book, was on the computer world's best business book. He also has some takeoffs of that, Breakthrough Thinking in Total Quality Management, and Creative Solution Finding, The Triumph of Breakthrough Thinking Over Conventional Problem Solving. All these books he has some co-authors. Um, and then he also has Ask the Right Questions, Creating the Answers That Work, and also Smart Questions, Learn to Ask the Right Question for Powerful Results. Well, one of the questions we do want to ask him is, why questions? Why the value of questions? But aside from the academic side, Dr. Nadler has been a VP of general operations for a 400-employee manufacturer for two years and 16 years as a member of the board of directors of a $300 million manufacturing company. Also, 15 years as a member of the board of directors of the $300 million USC Credit Union, 11 years as a commissioner of uh, Los Angeles County Quality and Productivity Committee, and he's the past president of a worldwide 47,000-member Professional Industrial Engineers Institute. So, so aside from being an academic, he's got some real-world practical experience of taking his uh, ideas and concepts and applying them in the business world. So, Jerry, welcome to the call. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Jerry, I'm uh, very interested in understanding what you can tell us about maybe some of the key leaders who've influenced you in your life. As you know, you've obviously had great influence on Raleigh. I can see that right away uh-huh. um, from the subject matter. But tell us a little bit about how you came to be in this field of breakthrough thinking and, and who's influenced you. 
it started very early because I had been educated like most people with what I will now be calling reductionism in the current conventional approaches and observing early on in my industrial career that there are certain people who did things a lot differently than what I had been taught. And uh, it turns out that uh, quite a few of my colleagues at the at the university, which is in St. Louis, that I'm Washington University, uh, had the same kind of thinking that, gee, some of these people do things a lot differently uh, than the rest of the, quote, professionals, and therefore we ought to study and find out what they do and how they do it. But more on that later. Uh, there are some people on that have influenced me. George Hottie was the president and CEO of Universal Motors in Michigan and became chairman of the company on which I served on the board of directors for 16 years. He, he somehow intuitively asked all the right questions. Uh, the dean of engineering at Wisconsin, where I was after St. Louis, uh, would always ask when I came in because it was a state university, you know, Jerry, what is it that you need to get accomplished? He never asked why. He, he always wanted to know where we wanted to go. Uh, Kurt Went was very good. Warren Bennis here at USC has been a very uh, prominent leader uh, that uh, I, I've talked to, worked with, and who endorsed the first edition with a very generous statement of breakthrough thinking. And then the president of the university here, Steve Sample, wrote a book called uh, The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership. Uh, he's been a very, very outstanding leader. Uh, fortunately, I've had the opportunity to work with him, talk with him, interact with him. Uh, he supplied, again, an endorsement for uh, one of our books. And lastly, Eb Recton, who was president of Aerospace Corporation and became a professor here at USC after he retired from aerospace, and in effect um, um, developed a whole field of systems architecting, which is something we won't get into too much, but he and I have worked very diligently at that time in bringing together the breakthrough thinking and systems architecting ideas. And, Jerry, it's funny. You know, we always talk about six degrees of separation, and I know you and, and Raleigh are related, but interestingly enough, uh, Steve Sample's daughter, Elizabeth, worked with me at Accenture, and uh, <coughs> I actually was invited out to uh, USC to do a panel with some women executives uh, by Steve Sample and Warren Bennis. So isn't it funny, no matter how yeah. detached we are, we <laughs> always have a degree of connectedness. A, a lot less than six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, also, I didn't realize you, your connection with aerospace. We'll have to talk about this later, but that's one of the, my current clients I'm just starting to work with down down in your area, down in L.A. Yeah. So um, maybe you can give us some examples, Jerry, about breakthrough thinking. How is that different than plain thinking? And you know, and then also, it, given this is leadership development news, how is this important for leaders today? So give us a little bit of you know background about breakthrough thinking and, and why is this different than what we normally do? Well, um, what I mean by plain thinking is what we have been indoctrinated with in our education and uh, methods of, of working in organizations. Uh, just as a, one of the examples, for example, you know, people talk about critical thinking in organizations and leaders need to have 
critical thinking. And then uh, there are many references about what the parts of critical thinking are. Purpose, questions, points of view, information, assumptions, concepts, conclusions, and consequences. These are all very important aspects of critical thinking. But the question that really makes breakthrough thinking different is how you do those various parts. Uh, If you don't think about how you ask ask questions about purposes or uh, questions, points of view, etc., you'll be using conventional approaches, the reductionist approach that I've talked about. Jerry, if you hold that thought, we're going to come right back from a break. This is Leadership Development News with our guest today, Dr. Jerry Nadler. Come right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, Greenberg.com, and click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Jerry Nadler, President of the Center for Breakthrough Thinking, and um, he's going to tell us down the line about his new book, The 21st Century Breakthrough Thinking. But before the break, Jerry, you were telling us the difference between uh, conventional thinking and then getting into what breakthrough thinking was, and you were just starting to talk about maybe the different kind of questions. So maybe we can pick up from there. Yes. Um, we have, uh, my colleague in Japan and I have prepared, uh, gone through the, uh, quite a bit of literature and identified 2,500-year history of how people go about solving problems, uh, developing solutions, uh, creating systems, and so on. And, and in effect, the last 300 years or so, we've been you know, in, embedded with what we now call conventional thinking or uh, reductionism. That is, everything that we see nowadays is, is based on the education that we get that says the way to solve all problems is uh, find out, get all the facts, uh, identify uh, break it down into smaller parts, et cetera, et cetera. So that when one even looks at the issues as we were talking about before uh, concerning the parts of critical thinking, the approach tends to be, you know, to look at points of view, for example, and break them down uh, because that's what reductionism does. And so what we have discovered from our studies over the last 40 years or so is that the, there are roughly 8% of the population who intuitively think differently than what we have all been taught. Um, and this is a very critical matter because what we find is that these leaders of leading creators of systems, solutions, uh, of, of, of the ways of development, uh, have told us over and over again they had to throw away what they had been taught. Well, we don't recommend throwing away what you had been taught because there are places where reductionism is valuable. But, in effect, um, the idea is simply that uh, breakthrough thinking is a synthesis of what these intuitives, we call them, hmm. do to develop their, their great solutions. And then uh, tell me a little bit about kind of the, maybe the, how do you find these 8% and the intuitives, you know, and, and what is it that they're actually doing different, and that may lead us into some of your concepts of breakthrough thinking. Correct. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my colleagues uh, at the time expressed the same kind of question that, hmm. that I was raising. Why is it that when we go to organizations of any type, uh, there are some people uh, who, however, uh, whatever their activities are, seem to answer the questions more effectively, mm-hmm. be able to develop solutions. And it's very interesting to notice that the same type of question, how do these people go about it, was, was being raised by an anthropologist, an organizational behaviorist, a philosopher, a psychologist, and a sociologist, and we got together and did some of the initial research on what it is that these people do, mm-hmm. how do they approach issues, mm-hmm. et cetera, to develop the kinds of breakthroughs that we 
uh, look for all the time. There are many different types of breakthroughs. There, you know, we talk about breakthroughs as being simply the aha solution, the eureka. But mm-hmm. the the another type of breakthrough is is to find significantly better solutions, strategic plans, uh, systems, etc. Than it would have been found otherwise. Uh, we, you know, I've had illustrations of strategic planning sessions with uh, big companies, $3 billion company that uh, had been doing strategic planning with the reductionist perspective and found that when they tried it with breakthrough thinking, uh, the, the types of strategies they developed were a lot better than what they had had before and showed in the terms of the results that the organization achieved. And then the, there's even another kind of breakthrough, which is uh, you get some, you get better results faster uh-huh. and more likely to be implemented. So uh, you know, I know from from you know looking at most of all your books, you've always been so kind to pass those on on to me. Um, maybe talk about it, the how did you come up with the origin of breakthrough thinking? And I know <clears throat> originally there's you know seven or eight kind of key areas and. How did you kind of put those together as, you know, and then especially in which, which order and kind of what you did first to, to really break down this, this thinking process? <laughs> That's a tough question. <laughs> S- synthesis, by the very definition, is difficult to explain. You know, we have a lot of research. We, one of the uh, reasons we're you know, writing a 21st century breakthrough thinking book is that there's so much more research and more uh-huh. cases and, and, and illustrations of what can be done. But bringing them together, integrating the concepts is a very difficult perspective. Originally, uh, the research, we had 12 different principles. Hmm. When the first book of breakthrough thinking came out, we had to simmer that down to get to seven Mm-hmm. Now, how do you do that? Um, yeah. It's a very difficult kind of question. Uh, the only thing that I can suggest here is that the original research and the uh, discussions we had with the leaders in our uh, research projects uh, would very often tell us what they felt was most important. Uh, one of the things, for example, we found was that leaders, uh, these leading creators of, of activity, would very often say that they had to focus on the uniqueness of the situation, mm-hmm. never bring initially the idea that something else worked elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of the key ideas that then came forward as sort of an early principle. Another comment that uh, many of them made is, uh, they needed to have a framework in their heads, if you will, about the system or the, the situation so that that stimulated the questions that they needed to ask. So, so in effect, these, after the research activities, uh, many of the ways of synthesizing uh, the research came from the discussions we had with the people. Okay. Well, so we'll, we'll get into some of these uh, principles in a moment um, just to kind of find out what, more what they are for our listeners so they can start applying them. But I think just the, the, one of the intriguing things is just the power of the question. And so, you know, f- for me, trained as a psychologist, 
um, been asking questions to people for you know for years and years. But just the power of one question versus another question, and and how it one question it mines a whole area, where another question you know may not there may be no depth for that. And I think now with some of the brain neuroscience, we're starting to see what parts of the brain or different parts of the brain will get activated by different questions. So maybe you can say a little more about kind of just asking the right question, and then we'll get into more of the principles. Correct. Peter Drucker was probably one of the first ones to repeat all the the, the statement, be sure to ask the right question. Uh-huh. The, the difficulty that everyone has found with listening to that statement is what are the right questions? Right. Well, there are no simple answers to the right questions. It's a framework of thinking that leads to what those right questions are. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the research results that we've uh, found is that there are, for example, several criteria. I think we had seven or eight criteria that could be used to identify what is uh, the right question. Uh, for example, uh, does the, the question open up possibility? Mm. Does, the, does the question... Uh, provide a way in which the people can take part in in the activity, uh, so that in effect there there are criteria that identify what the right questions are. And lastly, uh, there's a new book out recently called Nudge. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's by a decision scientist, and, and they make the comment that every way of presenting a choice will influence the decision makers in some way. And that's really the same thing as saying ask the right questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, just as a simple illustration, um, you come to me or I go to to, to the leader or the Mm -hmm. president and say we've got a problem or we have an issue Mm -hmm. or we have an opportunity and if the leader says a simple thing like, well, why is that important? Notice that from the, your, your perspective as a psychologist, mm-hmm. um, that the why question sets up defensiveness and restraint on the part of the answerer of right. the question. Whereas if that leader asks, well, what are we trying to get accomplished with that issue or opportunity or so on, that the answer, the person who's responding, um, is far more likely to be open and looking toward what it is that can get accomplished. So So just that question alone, I know as we start getting into the principles, that just opens up all the possibilities. What are we trying to accomplish? You know, uh, expands it versus the reductionist. And uh, one of the things that I heard someplace that I that I repeat a lot is ninety-five <clears throat> percent of the things that we thought yesterday are the exact same things we think about today. So we keep regurgitating the same questions, but also the same thinking process, and we're not opening up to new possibilities, which which uh, breakthrough thinking does. Correct, and and that's that's where the uniqueness okay. uh, uh, principle came, comes from, uh, the uniqueness questions that we we ask. So maybe why don't you um, walk us through maybe the the basics 
of breakthrough thinking, and then maybe from there we'll get into anything that you're going to add to that with the, with your new book. So, what are, what are some of the basics of breakthrough thinking? Well, um, the the important aspect of breakthrough thinking from that's a change from the original version is that we've now converted the principles into a question format. Okay. That is, going way back to the Greeks, uh, questions were the right way to, to approach the conversation uh, between individuals. And and uh, that's one of the first things. But then, okay. okay, why don't we just hold on to that just for a second because we're going to have to go to a break and we'll come back with the questions and go back through the breakthrough thinking. This is Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Gerald Nadler. I'm right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business form. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, Greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Jerry Nadler, president of the Center for Breakthrough Thinking. It's an international firm of consulting affiliates promoting breakthrough thinking and smart questioning. And what we've uh, been talking about with Jerry here is just a different kind of uh, ability to ask questions, which really does tie in very well into some of the emotional intelligence uh, aspects we've talked about before, kind of the how of dealing with folks. And I know, Jerry, a lot of organizations and, and senior teams I've dealt with um, typically do not ask uh, the best questions, and I've seen it that often it's kind of whoever is the, the most senior and whoever maybe sounds certain, they speak with confidence and the group goes along with them versus <laughs> really asking the, think, the critical questions. And so I think when you get a lot of smart people in the room, often the intelligence goes down. So the room becomes dumber because they don't really have some of the questions and, and the how of asking questions that you're describing. So maybe what you can do is, is kind of continue to go through some, some of the basics that you were talking about. It's really is a question format that now you've been revising a bit for your new book. Correct. <clears throat> well, in addition to the questioning format of the new book, uh, there's a tremendous amount of research that's been, that's been done since the uh, early 1990s when the first book came out. Uh, you know, Paul Nutt wrote a book called Why Decisions Fail uh-huh. and, and, and points out uh, the traps and blunders that people make, but then very effectively points out in summative lessons at the end uh, you know, what can be done. And they, they in effect, provide some of the research that uh-huh. we're, we're, we're talking about. Uh, there's a lot of research now on what's called system of systems, hmm. uh, the critical role of independent, if you will, smaller systems getting together. There's a, there's a lot of research on the future-mindedness that Kathy talks about in positive psychology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of work on organizational change and innovation. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Poole and Andy Vandeven wrote this book on the handbook of organizational change and innovation. Mm. But anyway, what all this leads to is that the basics of breakthrough thinking end up being a four-pronged kind of emphasis. One, what we call foundation questions. Something that it has to form the mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are initially looking things uniquely, mm-hmm. uh, being sure that you're looking for purposeful information, and lastly, a systems thinking framework. The so, second so one part... Second. So I, got, I have three of them. Look at it uniquely, look at what the purpose is, and then seeing the systems, and what was... That, so I missed one. Well, the, the, the foundation questions oh. are... those. I just gave the foundation question. Okay. Okay, so the other three parts of the basics of figuring are the approach questions. Mm. You know, how do you go about trying to uh, use all this information as you go through the process? The third part are the creativity questions. You know, how you look at the issues of being mm. creative in all parts of an activity. Mm-hmm. And lastly, a spiral approach uh, that that in effect it gives you the opportunity for iterativeness in the activity. That is, you never are certain of being right the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you go back and do it again 
in a more effective way. So the, the spiral comes back and it would go back to some of the foundational, some of the approach and the creativity That's questions? Correct. So it That's kind correct. of circles back. That's correct. So those are the, the, the basics, if you will. Okay. And each one of those, the foundation questions, the approach questions, creativity questions, the spiral approach uh, of organizing all these questions um, are the basics that we're going to be okay. presenting. Well, let's go through some of those just to get very uh, specific. And I think the foundational ones, because like you're saying, setting uh, the person's mind uh, up for the right question. So when I used to do individual uh, counseling and therapy, you know, people would many times say, oh, what, you know, what's wrong with me? How come I can't seem to get this together? And then their brain would go search for an answer, and because it's a bad question, they'd get a bad answer. You know, versus really asking better questions, how can I make the most of this, or what can I learn from this? So I imagine that's, you know, similar to some of these foundation questions. Maybe you could give us an example of maybe some unique questions and some purposeful questions, or what's the purpose questions? Sure. Well, first off, let's take with the uniqueness. The reason that this is a very basic <laughs> uh, uh, foundation question is that the, the people we studied uh, the, those who had been, you know, the big award winners of, of projects, the peer-recognized individuals, uh, and so on, um, they said so you just have to start everything initially as being unique. And, and this, this, is, this says that if, if, for example, one of our clients calls and says, gee, we, we heard that uh, you did a great job at another hospital, let's say, Right. on medication administration system. Uh, will you come over and help us do the same thing? You know, our, our response is, you know, you're different, and, and you're, you're under different circumstances. Uh-huh. Well, the, the, there are some basics to the uniqueness idea. First, people are always different in the second institution. Right. And it's people who are the basics of, of problems, issues, and, and resolutions. Uh, secondly, the purposes may be different. You know, you may have the same label, uh, strategic planning or medication administration. That the words sound the same, and you reductionism says, well, if they if they they're the same, then why don't we do what we did before? But the purposes may be different, and we find that very often, uh, medication administration, just as a simple example, it has different purposes in different hospitals. Mm-hmm. And lastly, the technology changes. You know, it changes so fast. Moore's law of you know, increasing memory capacities, uh, every eight, doubling it every 18 months, you know, makes the technology different each time. Mm-hmm. So uniqueness says simply, initially remember that that situation is different than the previous situation mm-hmm. because of these three factors. Mm-hmm. And then later on, if you find that there are some things that you did before, that are useful. There's no sense forgetting what happened or what technology is workable. Uh, then use it. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the things I remember from <clears throat> from your book and from your trainings was the purpose hierarchy <clears throat> of really being able to come up with um, a series of questions and then unifying people's uh, focus on okay, which question, uh, which. Uh, in this hierarchy, which one are we trying to focus on? And I think 
bringing in a lot of the neuroscience that I like now as of late is how do you align the brains? And I think your purpose hierarchy really does align the brains. Is okay, what are, what are we all trying to accomplish here and get everybody linked into that? Correct. Uh, if you go into a, a group of people and ask, well, what purpose are we trying to get accomplished? Uh, and by the way, uh, we, if we have time, we can talk about the different meanings of the word purpose. Uh-huh. Uh, but in effect, uh, and ask what purpose, you, you get the sort of reaction of people having their own mindset yeah. as to the, what the purpose is. And as you pointed out earlier, uh, the, the one who has the <laughs> best speaking voice or the greatest authority ends up, you know, identifying that. But none of these are the, may be the right purpose. Right. So the idea of the expansion of purposes to establish a context is what the the uh-huh. breakthrough thinking idea has has we, we synthesized from all these studies is that people always ask uh, the question of what's the purpose of that purpose and that that expansion mm-hmm. uh, into a hierarchy if you will yeah. is the way in which people can start to see that whatever they may have thought is the purpose mm-hmm. uh, fits within the larger context and very often then if not almost all the time will agree when we had a big project with the National Gypsy Moth Pest Management System uh, of a country, and people just, you know, there are 22 people in the room, uh, and they, they just had different perspectives as to what it is that they were trying to get accomplished. And yet by going into the process of purposes and, and expanding them, however, because these people, these 22 people, they were three federal agencies, 13 different state environmental groups, industry groups, environmental mm-hmm. uh, uh, <coughs> advocates, uh, they ended up coming up with the same thing. I mean, they came up with an agreed-upon purpose mm-hmm. to get achieved. And I, and I can see how that's a way, of, especially from the team aspects and team building and stuff, of really aligning, aligning the team around one purpose. If you don't make it explicit, which I think you do with breakthrough thinking, <clears throat> everybody's working under a different purpose, in a sense, working against each other versus together. And not only do they align to a what we call focus purpose, uh-huh. but it's always within a larger context of purposes. That is, a focus purpose by itself is insufficient. That is, you need to have the larger purposes of that focus I to see. be able to make the correct decisions that you go through right. the process. To expand that up. Okay, well, this is... Fascinating stuff. This is Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Dr. Jerry Nadler, and we'll be right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? 
you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Gerald Nadler, the president of the Breakthrough Center. And um, I also wanted to make sure we give out the website, Jerry, that you have, uh, which is www.breakthroughthinking.com. If people want to get some more information about breakthrough uh, services, um, applications, and and to get in touch with um, Dr. Jerry Nadler and his folks, the telephone number also is 213-740-6415. So uh, this is our last segment. We want to at least hit the key questions. And uh, we're talking about foundational questions, then approach questions, then creativity, and then the spiraling. And one of the things I know that stood out in my mind around the foundational questions was the uh, purposeful information. You have a good acronym of DRIP. Maybe you can tell us what that means. <laughs> yes. Um, data-rich, information-poor is, is the meaning of DRIP. Um, that comes from the fact that people in 
in reductionism are typically saying something like, uh, give me all the facts. Well, uh, you can't get all the facts. Uh, It's an impossibility. As a matter of fact, one of the illustrations that, that I use is that if if you had a an object, uh, say a pencil, and you ask people how much information do you would would be needed to describe this pencil, people come up with you know what color, uh, what what size, what shape. But the answer is simple: the the amount of information needed to describe that pencil is infinite. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a shock to a lot of people. And the second part of that is that even though that amount of information is infinite, you still wouldn't have a pencil because information is always is always an abstraction mm. of some reality. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I think, and I was going to say, for, for problem solving, I think in this where the drip comes in, you could be an expert about the problem, know everything about the problem, and it doesn't necessarily translate that you're going to know much about the solution. Correct. And that's what purposeful information tries to get at. It tries to ask the question, will this information help us arrive at solutions, uh-huh. not necessarily describe the problem? Right. Because you can't describe the problem. Yes. It's, you know, it's just, it takes an infinite amount of information. But this, so, is, this is where I think this goes back to, you know, a lot of engineers and problem solvers have all been about the root cause. That somehow if we, that's get, correct. If we get the root cause, that'll tell us something about the solution. That's right. And, and you see, that's reductionism. Yes. Getting your root cause. Now, there are times that root causes, I don't want to diminish the right. reductionism, when it's used for science, yeah. for trying to develop uh, causes, for example, in mm-hmm. the Columbia disaster. Uh, right. You better dig into it and, and try to define what, what actually occurred. But that's, yeah, we're talking about developing solutions, right. uh, developing systems developing organizations to be effective and creative. And th- that's a different ballgame. Okay. And so, those, and so we've got the foundational questions. Tell us about the approach questions. Well, this is where we have a lot of issues uh, that people fail to recognize. Uh, very simply, the approach questions are, first, people involvement. Second, purposes and purpose expansion. Third, future solutions and then last, living solution. And what it says here is that you've got to work out the fact that people are always the key to any issues that you're going to do, deal with. Who to get involved? I was involved with the strategic planning of, a, of the Knoxville Community Investment Bank in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we, I was working with the people there, to identify who we should have at the strategic planning retreat, somebody said, well, uh, there's this one urban activist who is always objecting to whatever we do in this city, mm. and, and he said we shouldn't get him involved. I said, if he's going to object at the end of the process, why don't we get him involved at the beginning? Right. Right. The purposes, as we went through before, concerns the purpose expansion with that group, and we had that urban activist in uh-huh. the group with three presidents of banks who he had sued. Uh, And at the end of the day, they ended up agreeing on the purposes and the context, and the future solution was worked out, and the living solution uh, was identified in terms of responsibilities as to who was to do what 
over the next six to twelve months. He was part of that. And so, I know, and I imagine the future uh, solutions goes after your solution after next concept. That okay, so we're we're we got our brains together now. We're solving this problem, but is there anything that we may need to think about in the future while we got this collective here? Correct, and it's how we want to get this 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 focus purpose in terms of the context of purpose mm-hmm. achieved in the future, so that that becomes a guide for what we do tomorrow. Okay, that's the living solution, and the living solution incorporates built-in changes to move toward that future solution. And then we got probably just a, a couple more minutes, but I wanted to make sure we we hear some of the creativity questions. That's your third level. Well, that's now. pretty simple. Okay. Uh, creativity is typically organized around two things, divergence and convergence. Hmm. What we have discovered is that you need to have convergence, uh, divergence, then organize, and then convergence. We call it list, list as many ideas of people, list as many ideas of purposes, list as many ideas of future solutions. Organize, organize how, what the team's going to be, organize what the purpose expansion is going to be, mm-hmm. organize what the options will be for future, and then decide, decide mm-hmm. what people, decide what focus purpose, decide. So in effect, what we've done with the creativity question is bring them to bear in all of the approach I see. questions. Okay. And that's that's very critical because creativity ought to be in all parts of it, including, for example, including the the, uh, the urban activist in the strategic planning of the Knoxville. Right, stuff. right, bringing those differing points of, of view. And I know uh, in your new book, The 20th Century Breakthrough Thinking, you have you have the word uh, compound, and maybe you can tell us what, what that is. That's a, that's a Japanese word? Yes, it's a Japanese word. Uh, that my colleague in Japan, who, with whom I'm uh, writing this book, uh, introduced to me. And it's really the essence of thinking skills. Uh-huh. Uh, over the 2,500-year history that we've uh, identified in terms of how people went about planning, designing, improving, et cetera, et cetera, uh, there have been many ways. For example, in the Middle Ages, it was what we call God thinking. Uh-huh. Uh, God will tell us the answer to these questions. Right. Um, you had to go to the, the priest to identify. Well, well, over the last 300, 400 years since Descartes, uh, mm-hmm. fr- uh, Francis Bacon, and the others, who identified uh, the reductionist method, right. which was really done to overcome the other side of the world, which the religionists uh, mm. And, and you, just so before we don't run out of time, so what, what would you say, compound? Because I know we got. Oh, compound is the it means the essence of thinking skills. Uh, oh, so it's the essence, okay? Yeah, and what we're saying here is that breakthrough thinking I got is the essence of thinking skills for getting results. Uh huh. So it's a pretty simple yeah. idea. Well, this is good. Let me make sure we we give the contact information. We've been talking with Dr. Uh, Gerald Nadler, president of the Center of Breakthrough Thinking. His website is www dot breakthroughthinking.com and he can be reached at 213-740-6415 and Jerry thank you very much I know you and I can continue on these conversations I'm excited about when your book comes out and when when should that be out the new one well the end of next year is uh, when we hope to get out there's a world congress on breakthrough thinking in 2010 and we want to have the uh, uh, the book ready by That's the beginning great. of 2010 well, thanks for giving us a preview of your breakthrough thinking and your ideas, and this has been 
Leadership Development News, signing off for now, and we'll talk with you all next week. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business.